This episode of the Accounting Insiders podcast is brought to you in part by Wholesale Payroll, the only payroll software built just for you by people just like you. Take the payroll challenge. Visit wholesalepayroll.com slash challenge to learn more. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Accounting Insiders. My name is Gary Dehart. I'm the publisher of Insightful Accountant and Tax Practice News, as well as the host of Accounting Insiders podcast. My guest today is Alan Blake, Blake Burrow, goes by Blake, I think. I saw something else on LinkedIn, F3 Zorro, but we'll get into that later, uh, figure out what that is exactly. But uh, Blake, thanks for joining us. And again, the co-founder of Tax Titans. So Tax Titans, this is something you had written, was Tax Titans helps accountants and EAs keep a larger portion of their tax bill and small businesses find tax help that fits their needs. So um, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that, into what that means, into what Tax Titans is. But before we do, it's May, and I did not know this. I shared this with you and when we talked about a week ago. Embarrassingly, I did not know that May was Military Appreciation Month and has been, I did a little research on that, since 1999 when Congress said, hey, you know what? We probably should have a month where we actually appreciate the military and those who have served. So uh, you and I both have served. Thank you for your service. Thank and, you for yours. Uh, thank you. And when we met back in December at the Drake event, we actually were talking about that service and ended up kind of figured that we actually I think we were kind of ships passing in the night and in, in some training. I served in the National Guard, the Army National Guard here in Georgia. And uh, but you were more on an act. You're on active duty, right? Uh, did some active duty, um, was in for the minimum amount of time and then finished up with uh, National Guard out of Texas, actually. Okay. And and that's funny. Do you know a guy named, um, it's funny how as you start talking to more people and about things that aren't about business, right? Um, Mike Mylan, actually Mike Mylan, I, I always get his name wrong when I say it, even though he's taught me, told me a hundred times, you say it this way, but it's Mike Mylan. He actually served, he was a state trooper, then served in the National Guard as well in Texas. And he ended up somewhere in the hierarchy of the Texas Guard. I don't know exactly when he was there, but gotcha. um, but yeah, you may have crossed paths with him too. Uh, you might might have. If he was doing any tanker stuff with the 49th Armored Division out of Fort Worth, then I probably have crossed paths with him. I'll have to, I actually talked to him on Friday. I, I have to find out exactly what he was doing. Yeah, so it's funny. So I did... I joined the guard, probably joined it in like the summer of 86, but did my basic training in October of 86. So I was in Fort Benning. Yeah, um, Fort Benning and, School for Boys. Yeah, yeah. And I was in um I was in Harmony Church, like in the old, old buildings. Yep. From 86. And that kind of ran. So I actually did 80 basic was 86 through or October through December. Had like two weeks off. And then for Christmas, then went back January through. What ended up being like, as I was thinking about this, it really ended up being kind of till about May because I was at, we were actually a, a Bradley unit. So mm-hmm. you go through you know, your advanced training and then in another like three weeks for, for the Bradley at the time. So, and I think your, you were in Benning for basic when it was. So um, for me, that was 87. And then shortly thereafter, went to airborne school at Benning right. as well. Yeah. And then you, my office, my, and then I went through, so I went in, obviously as enlisted, then went through the state's OCS program and gotcha. did my time, my OCS. Once I got out of that, 
my graduated college in December of 89, and then did my infantry officer's basic course in Benning January through May again in 1990. Gotcha. So I did my infantry officer basic course in Benning from May to um, September of 1990. Um, it was actually in the uh, my IOBC class when Iraq invaded Kuwait, thus starting Desert Storm. Oh, there you go. That kind of changes the training. Uh, oh, yes. They used to joke around all the people that are light fighters, you go to the left. All you folks that are mechanized, yeah, your training is all going to change. You guys go over here to the right. So, right. Yeah. So it's, um, and, and my son's actually in, uh, he's in his advanced training right now. He joined the Army Reserves and has, you know, finished basic a few, uh, I think he's been in his advance now for about six weeks so he's in in uh in psyops but they're an airborne unit but he's not signed up for airborne yet gotcha. um, so we'll see all our rcoo is a retired light colonel from the psyops okay and then um somebody that sits on our uh board of directors um is a retired brigadier general that was from psyops as well Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, once yep. he gets out, I'll uh, might have to connect him with them. Just Absolutely. Because he's having kind of that internal discussion with himself just about, do I go the officer's route? Do I stick with enlisted? And just trying to, because he's got a year and a half of college under his belt. So he's going to come back and go to start, go back to college in the fall to try to figure out, you know, which route to go. Um, I'm trying not to, to impress my opinions too much. You know, I, I know how I, my wife and I both know how we would like for him to go, but I want him to go where he's called, where he feels he's called to to serve. Gotcha. That. You know, you want to do the work, or do you want to oversee the work? I mean, that's kind yeah, of that's yeah. way to put it, right? Yeah. And and I think the the NCOs are are the unsung heroes of of all the military, just because I mean, what absolutely, they, what they do. I don't think people who haven't been in that environment understand what they do. Right. and the amount of work that they do, I yep. think. Um, so, but again, thank you. Let's dive in. Um, okay. Tell me a little bit about your business career. How you so my business with, career. And, and include in that, sorry, include in that how you ended up at Tax Titans. Sure. Um, so when I left the military, having an accounting degree, um, I wound up working for a company called Norton Abrasives. Uh, being a controller for their operations in Texas. That's how I wound up getting in Texas. Yeah. Um, after a couple of years there with the recession going on, um, was part of the layoff of the people that were leaving the their uh, accounting department, um, found myself then in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, and instead of going and being an accountant again, wound up being an entrepreneur and started the first string of fencing uh, schools for Olympic fencing in the United States, um, which now has been spanning 30, 30 years, um, it comes wow. this year, um, made a berth on the uh, U.S. Olympic squad for the Olympics in 1996 for Atlanta. Um, and then during that time in creating the fencing schools and using my accounting degree to create a model, um, then wound up helping other people create other businesses, and then for lack of a better term, became a consultant for people who wanted to you know, start a business, didn't know how to do financials, didn't know how to do forecasting. Um, all of these great things that I learned to do in accounting, I would help other people. Um, and over the last 30 years, I'm a chronic entrepreneur. I have 
owned coffee shops, gaming stores. I've opened over 60 fencing schools throughout the United States um, and was in the middle of building a company that did tiny homes with shipping containers um, okay. for homeless vets here in Greenville when I got a call from my friend um, who has owned a tax practice in Greenville for 15 years. Um, at one point in my corporate career, I was also a recruiter for Robert Half International. Okay. Um, did a lot of stuff for recruiting accountants, tax professionals, CFOs, payable clerks, and everything in between. And he had an issue where through acquisition, he had grown his firm to about a thousand clients. He had three other accountants who were working with him. Um, one had to leave during tax season because they had a heart attack. Um, one had uh, got uh, COVID. And then the other one was recruited by a regional accounting firm doing the same job, just making $20,000 a year or more. Okay. So he called me and said, hey, can you help me recruit <laughs> that, some accountants? Uh, Elliot Davis by chance. Elliot Davis, yeah. yeah. Elliot Davis, yeah. <laughs> so they, area, uh, right? yep, they, they, uh, I went into his office, worked the phone for about five hours um, and told him that he had two options. Um, one, um, he could burn the place down and collect the insurance money because there was no <laughs> other accountants available. I said, and my other option was I hadn't done anybody else's taxes in 25 years. He did all the business, uh, small business taxes for my small businesses. I said, I guess I can learn what the latest, greatest software is come in and, uh, help you through tax season. So, you know, he said, great, I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Went home, put away the torch and the hammers and, you know, building the homes and uh, proceeded to learn the latest and greatest software that he was using, which was Drake. And Drake software was great for me because it had all these tutorial videos, all the stuff telling you what you did right or wrong. And as a guy who, you know, hadn't done it in a while, it was great for me. So over the next month, um, we dug through about 700 of his clients. Um, we ran into about April 6th. Um, there wasn't enough hours in the day. So I went to him. I said, hey, look, um, we're all going to die if we try to finish all these. Why don't we take half of them and we'll farm them out to other accountants in Greenville who have the capacity, give them 100% of the fee, and then in the off season, we'll do some recruiting, get some more accountants. And then in 2023, you can attack it, you know, as your own firm again and not have to sub anything out. He relented. He said, hey, sounds like a great idea. I said, thank God. So um, where do I go online? What marketplace exists for me to coordinate and work with other accountants to share work? And he said, well, nothing like that exists. And I said, that's impossible. Um, Amazon can have any physical product on my doorstep in 24 hours. We've been paying taxes in the United States for 121 years. How can there be no marketplace, no way for accountants to work with another accountant if you're a solo practitioner here in the United States? And he was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure nothing like that exists. So no. went to a friend of mine who built custom software, um, told him what I wanted to make. He said, also, something like that must exist. He said, before you spend any money, let me do some research. His business development folks went out, combed the world, and basically said, hey, there's Upworks and there's Thumbtack, um, and that's about it. So hmm. none of them really allowed the accountant to have control over their client list to work with other accountants based on what they wanted to pay. Um, so that began the one-year 
learning curve that I've gone through in developing what is, I've been told, a fintech after graduating from an accelerator program out of Charlotte and working with, you know, a lot of the industry national organizations for accounting over the last year. So that's how we went from me building shipping container homes to homeless people to now operating and doing this fintech in the accounting space and actually going to the AICPA national conference here in a couple of weeks as a guest of Drake. So. Oh, that's fantastic. That, uh, well, we're done here. So, uh, <laughs> no, actually this is the beauty of, uh, of work from home and, and all this stuff. My dog is out here going nuts. So I have to pause this sure. for just a second. I'll be right. Back. Okay, great. So I don't think I understand. I don't think I remembered, or if, if you probably did share it with me when we met back at the Drake event back in December that you had, that you were like in a firm working and just said, hello, this doesn't work, right? right. Um, there's got to be a better way. I kind of, I vaguely remember there's got to be a better way, right? And yeah. um, all right, so that was how long ago? When when was that exactly? That was last May. So we yeah. went through, finished the tax season. Um, and I was like, okay, so I, you know, love my friend to death, but it was like, if I don't solve this problem, next tax season, he's going to call me and go, hey, can you help me do this again? So it's like, <laughs> right. I've got a defined window between now and next tax season yeah. to come up with an online marketplace platform to solve this, not only for my friend, but as we've come to learn out going to the NAEA, when I met with John Sapp at Drake a year ago, he's like, this is a problem that has literally existed for decades. Yeah. Um, and you guys have come up with a very simple, very easy way for not only small businesses to buy tax professionals, but for tax professionals to be able to work with other tax professionals to offload, offboard, whatever word you want to use their C&D clients as they're growing their firm and have an ethical and professional way for them to go, hey, I don't want to do your taxes anymore. So. Right. Yeah, I think that was something you had mentioned. Um, dive a little bit deeper on that, just as far as the, all right, so I've got my, you know, we'll call them A through D clients. And yep. let's say, you know, I've got my C and D client. I'll keep my A and B. A, I yep. definitely keep my B guys. I can probably make them A. Uh, my C and D, there's just no hope. Or it's going to be so much trouble, so much effort. You know, yep. they they require a tremendous amount of my man, bandwidth and just really don't add that much to my practice. How what does that look like? How do I how do I offer so, through so through for this first tax season, they had one of two options. Um, the easiest, quickest, dirty way was to say, Hey, Tax Titans is a great platform. Um, I don't want to do your taxes anymore. Um, go fill out a profile there, have some other accountant, you know, that's been vetted and qualified and has their EFIN number, do your taxes for you. And if you're not happy with the price and the service, come back to me and then I'll do it for you next year. That's the quickest, easiest, down and dirty way. Okay. The other way that we went through this past tax season, actually with his own clients, is we created a corporate uh, taxpayer profile. And we would then put the information except for who the taxpayer was, you know, right. what types of forms, what type of return that they were filing. And then we created, for lack of a better term, a wholesale price. Literally what we were willing to pay somebody to do the tax preparation for us okay. and then see if there was anybody on the platform out of the 150 plus firms that we had on there 
that would do it? Um, the answer was a resounding yes. I think the minimum we got was nine bids per return. Wow. So okay. then, you know, that tax professional, say in Albuquerque or Amarillo or Greenville would say, okay, I can do that return. I'll do it for $500. We know that we're charging the taxpayer the retail price, which is a thousand. So much like having somebody in your office that you're paying a dollar, a dollar or an hourly wage to, mm -hmm. instead, I'm just saying, hey, I'm willing to pay this amount for this to be prepared. Instead of offshoring it, you're actually keeping it within the United States with other professionals. So that allowed you to have somebody offer to do it at the price that you as the accounting firm was doing and um, setting that price. For 2024, we're actually doing an enterprise system that allows you to actually maintain and watch the bids go up and down until your administrator goes, okay, the bid on doing this tax reform, that tax return matches how much we want to pay. So we're going to pull the trigger on that one, and then that one, that one. So you, as the owner of that client, so to speak, get to maintain how much it's being quote unquote outsourced for, but are still able to maintain that relationship with the client at the end, um, at the end cycle once the return is done. Right. Then is there any kind of like NDA or anything like that, that the, the end preparer is signing that prevents, you know, let's say, you know, I throw a return out there from my firm yep. and you pick it up. How, how do I, how, how, are, how are you not going to steal my client? So we have the NDA that says that if you do wind up stealing the client, that you'll be quote unquote, fined and thrown off the platform. Yep. Um, in, in, in us talking to the accounting uh, professionals, of how valuable this is, none of them really want to run the risk of being considered blackballed and thrown off the platform. And right. we're hopefully dealing with an industry where integrity is kind of paramount. I mean, granted, right. you always <laughs> see the you always see the articles. There's one about the tax practice in Florida where they're trying to get those people removed. I mean, the IRS has a blacklist of, hey, yeah. these are people you shouldn't go to type of thing. Yeah. Um, so when we do the vetting and qualifying of the individuals that we have on the platform and get to know the people on the platform, we've hoped that we've done enough of our due diligence to make sure that the people on the platform wouldn't be people that would want to steal clients from other firms that are on the platform. Yeah. Okay. And are you saying that, um, so where, so it's been, we're in May, so it's been 14, 15 months or so? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so you've gone through one full tax season. Yep. What's the, so obviously conversations you're having on the, with tax preparers are positive. I think you already yep. said that and people are coming into the system. Um, what about the flip side of it? Cause there is in what I read earlier, again, you know, helping small businesses find help that they need yep. uh, for their taxes. Um, how's that side of it going? That, that side is great. Um, the, we we had literally have had nobody go through the platform that had a bad experience. Okay. Um, everybody has been very happy with the professionalism, the prices they've got, how quickly they got their taxes done. Um, during the middle of tax season, we actually implemented a chat feature that allowed the professional and the small business taxpayer to be able to correspond back and forth in a private chat, much like a messaging on your phone. 
Um, that added a lot of value to the tax professional and to the taxpayer. That was good. The only thing that we uh, were um, looking as an improvement is getting more people to want to have their taxes done on the platform based on people knowing that it existed. Yeah. Um, we joked around that um, CLA and I have one of my mentors is a managing partner at ENY that we were probably the only tax firm in the entire United States that had more tax professionals than we had the than taxpayers that were wanting to use our service. Right. Yeah. So um, that is then what launched what we're doing now with our Eternals program, in which now for the first time in a decade, we're proactively going after and allowing the single uh, firm owners to be able to sell their practices to us. Um, to be able to finally retire and get top dollar for selling their book of business to us. Okay. Um, and that is another thing that we're doing. We have an emergency succession plan um, that is now going to exist for the solopreneur out there. So something unfortunately happened to them. There's now a contract with our firm that says, we'll come in, say you have two, 300 clients, we'll find them all new accountants and then pay your estate or your spouse a hundred percent of the value of your firm as if you had the foresight to go, hey, I'm going to sell my firm to tax titans and instead of your estate or your widow not receiving anything because everybody in your town suddenly found out you died and or became incapacitated and they just went to the clients and going, hey, I know Bob Smith is no longer able to do your taxes. Please come on over here and make room for you. So, and that's something you're doing currently, or that's something yep, that's, that's actually uh, mm -hmm. we've been working on it for the last two weeks. Uh, Carl Peterson at the AICPA has been working with us to kind of get it fleshed out, kind of bring it in front of some CPA groups that he's been here in the United States, getting feedback on. And I'll be going to the South Carolina Association of CPAs. Um, this week, um, Thursday and Friday, they have their annual convention in Charleston, um, and we'll be able to basically have our first eligibility of people signing up and, and utilizing the service. Um, it's one of those things where it's got a very, very small um, processing initiation fee, and unlike life insurance, there's no annual charge. Once it's in place, it stays in place until you call us and say, hey, I sold the firm to somebody else. You really don't need to keep that paperwork anymore. I got you. So actually, I, I've never, I didn't know they did a, an annual event. And um, yeah, it's called that, SCAPA. You, <laughs> yeah, are you exhibiting there? Yeah, we have a we have a booth there at SCAPA, yep. Okay, I need to look that up. I, I wasn't aware. Um, I love going to Charleston. My brother actually has a house on um, Sullivan's Island. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so. Yep, the, 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 the folks there, the gentlemen, who is in charge of the South Carolina Association of CPAs is also a member and president of the National Association of Enrolled Agents for the state of South Carolina. Okay. So our relationship with the NAEA, he was like, hey, you're doing all this stuff that's also applicable to the CPAs in South Carolina. Can you guys come out and exhibit and you know bring this stuff to the CPAs out there? We're like, love to. So yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So you wrote, you wrote something recently and I shared with you, I, I saw the title, I didn't read it. So uh, in full disclosure, so it's on AI and tax prep yep. and um, just share your thoughts there. What, uh, what, what's, so, what's going uh, on and where is it headed? 
Gotcha. So I got to spend last week um, in Silicon Valley. Um, I went to an emerging tech conference and got to talk to about 100 different VC firms and private equity folks and about 100 different startups that are in this new AI space. Now it's the hot, sexy thing that everybody is talking about. And everybody was joking around that it passed the bar exam, it passed the SAT. The only thing that AI failed was the CPA exam. Um, And then I, because we're, you know, the first online accounting platform, we garnered a lot of talk and a lot of attention from all of these AI folks. And they were like, well, you know, why did it fail the CPA exam? And I was like, okay, well, show me and explain to me how AI works. So I had a crash course over five days of some of the greatest minds in AI explaining to me how the machine learning works, how it generates and what it does. And I said, oh, okay, I can tell you exactly why yours failed. And they were like, okay, why? And I said, everything that your machine learning does is based on black and white. You give it input, it gives you the exact response you're looking for. A lot of stuff with the tax code, a lot of stuff with businesses are shades of gray. And your AI and what it does can't really deal with shades of gray unless it's given enough historical data to interpret shades of gray to be more black or more white. And when they were explaining data sets to me and those proprietary data sets for the machine learning to be able to learn from, they're like, wow, you're going to be very valuable someday. I'm like, why? They're like, because you're buying all of these accounting firms. And you have data sets that basically can train the machine learning to Ah. be able to do stuff so that it can do the inference. It can make the decisions and go, oh, well, if you have this expense that's on your bank account that we've read, and then you're telling us whether or not it applies to your business, then yes, it's a tax deduction. No, it's a personal expense. So being able to have a machine learning AI data set that is able to learn from Because if right now all of the data sets that exist on the open internet are nothing more than the tax code, you know, none of the accounting firms have the tax returns for their taxpayers online. It's not an open source. I mean, data security is something on the forefront of every tax professional's brain um, so that, you know, SOC 2 is, you know, something that they all worry about. So from that aspect, what we are doing and how we're approaching it is basically creating a function of AI and machine learning to be an assistant to the accounting firms. So things that a AI machine learning um, application would want to help an accountant with is the in-processing of a tax client. Like, hey, you know, these are the forms that you had last year, the year before, and the year before that. You know, do you have these forms? If you don't have these forms, where are you planning on getting them? What other taxable events have you had over the course of the year that are outside of the scope that you've had previous years? And then being able to compile all that and then give all the relevant information to the tax professional for them to be able to do the tax return correctly. Then once a tax return is done, you can use the AI and machine learning then to reconcile and give the tax return to the client to make sure that they fully understand the tax return that you have filed for them to make sure that they understand what they're signing off on and to make sure that you've done it correctly. Both the onboarding and the reconciling and ending of the engagement 
make up anywhere in talking to all the accountants that we've talked to anywhere from 25 to 35% of the time that they take doing taxes. And to somebody who is a solo operating accountant, the only thing that they really have is time. And if right. you can give more time back to them, they become more efficient. If they become more efficient, then they make more money without having to go, okay, well, now I have to worry about my assistant or the person doing data entry, being sick, um, taking vacation. You know, AI doesn't take a vacation, doesn't take a lunch hour, is available 24-7. So if I have a client that works third shift, you know, and wants to upload all their information and have that conversation, I, as the accountant, don't have to be up at 9, 10 o'clock at night to onboard that person to be able to do their taxes. Right. So what's the, is there a, a, a wild guess as to the time frame when that is reasonable to expect that the, the AI can help in those areas? Uh, we're working on that right now. We plan on launching that as an option on our platform for 2024. Wow. So you think it, it'll be dialed in enough? There'll be enough knowledge in the system? Yep. To effectively run at that pace. Okay. Well, Currently, right now, I have technically 2,198 client data sets that I can give the AI to work on with multiple years of tax returns. And I don't have to disclose any like social security number or the identity right. of the person. I'm just giving it the data to understand if a person filled out these forms, these are the other questions that the AI should be asking the tax payer if they yeah. have these other forms and what type of schedules should be filled out. Gotcha. Yeah, it's funny. I was fooling around with it the other day and he said, hey, I can't even remember what I asked, but you know, give me a list of 10, whatever it was. And uh, it provided the list, but it didn't give the web addresses. Go to and so I and you know added back in. Well, you know, can you you know next time provide me or actually I said something to the effect of well I need the web addresses to go visit them because it said visit these websites. I'm like, well, I need the addresses. Oh, I'll do that next time. Was the response right? I've gone back to test that to see if it actually learned that, but um, it'll be interesting. It, it certainly is a powerful tool. Somewhat scary, right? In that. Uh, Yes and no. Um, we we joke around like using the analogy of the power tool. So, you know, somebody used a handsaw their entire life, you know, and suddenly you hand them a radial arm saw. If it doesn't have the guards on it, if it doesn't have the glasses, so on and so forth, yes, you can risk injury. But if you're wearing the safety goggles, you have the guides, you're using all of the stuff that it's made, everybody who makes a power tool is very well of all the safety features because yeah. they don't want to wind up in court being sued by the guy who cut off all his fingers. Right. So from that aspect for us, you know, taking the idea of machine learning, it's like, okay, you have a interaction with a taxpayer and it is able to say, look at the last four years that they filed taxes. And it's like, okay, you have a W-2, you had these 1099s and you had a rental income. Has any of these things changed? Taxpayer goes, no. Okay. The AI then asks another question. Have you had any other taxable events? over the course of this past fiscal year that we should be aware of in performing your taxes. Yes, I had a family member die. I sold some property. Oh, okay. And then the IA, the IA goes, okay, please tell us what the value of that property was. 
you know, where, how much it was sold for, what you bought it for, the normal questions that an accountant right. would ask during a, say, 20, 30 minute meeting in the office. But now the AI machine learning tool is able to get all that information for the accountant. So then they can just um, work on doing the taxes or as we get going, could auto populate what they're doing with, say, a software system like Drake yeah. and then even cut down the work that they're doing there. And then, for instance, if it's like, OK, I had a death in a family. OK, they leave you cash, they leave you property. All of these questions that you know are simple to ask, but again, take time away from the accountant that they have to gather all of this data. And if I had a dollar for every accountant that said, yes, AI is never going to replace me because every taxpayer is never going to give every correct answer or document in the timely fashion that's needed. Yeah, which we know that's true. So, so clearly that's part of the next phase for you guys. What else is on the roadmap for uh, Tax Titans? Um, so for Tax Titans, the next thing we're doing is, um, well, two things. We're creating a training program uh, for transitioning veterans and military spouses to become okay. tax professionals. Okay. Um, starting August 1st, we'll start our first class, which is basically an eight-week course that we're doing with Lyme exam prep. Um, they've created an amazing syllabus for be able to use. Um, CLA is providing an instructor to basically walk those people through that training. Um, and then our hope is, is that those individuals, they have the choice between doing a apprenticeship through Tax Titans based on all the firms that we want to buy, um, or um, we'll give them the opportunity to have an apprenticeship program with any of the um, firms that are on our platform and say, hey, this is, you know, Bobby Joe and, you know, is looking for, you know, part-time work as a military spouse um, willing to work 20, 30 hours a week doing taxes. What firm on our platform is looking for more manpower, woman power to be able to do their taxes? Oh, that's fantastic. And that, uh, how do you reach that community with that message? The, like, so we, for the military, there's a great program called SkillBridge. Um, Congress made a program that anybody who's decided that they're going to leave the military the last six months of their service, if they want to go get training on a civilian career, um, they can do that. The com company commander will relieve them of whatever their daily military duties are, um, allow them to get that training. And then when they get out of the military, go get that W-2 job. Um, you know, SkillBridge is an awesome program to be able to do that. And then for military spouses, there's Heroes for Hire, there's MILSEP, there's a number of military spouse support organizations mm -hmm. that are trying to help military spouses get um, great opportunities in the employment sector. Um, one of the things that military spouses suffer from is they don't get the greatest amount of pay or job responsibilities because a lot of employers are like, I don't want to invest in you because every right. three years you're gonna change duty stations with your spouse and anything that I invest in you is going to be gone. So the United States has amazing military spouses that have masters, PhDs, um, that literally cannot get jobs outside of base more than working at Pizza Hut or a Jackson Hewitt or an H&R Block. Not that any of these right. are not good organizations, but- right. You know, these are people literally that can command 100, 150, 200 dollars an hour for their you know skills. 
Right. Right. Well, that's great. And and you're tied into those organizations. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, we have uh, we have an amazing uh, board of directors for that non for profit. We've got uh, retired uh, Brigadier General uh, Ballard um, that actually lives down here in Greenville. We have Colonel Sinclair, um, who's a retired military colonel. Um, we have uh, Brandon Martin's uh, CPA, who is a managing partner for Charlotte at CLA. Um, we have Tim Flanagan with Mass Mutual because um, we're looking at adding financial advising as a career that they can do as well. Our hope long-term with this is that any company that is looking to employ veterans or military spouses in the accounting and finance realm will join with us to provide those types of opportunities for them. Right now in the United States, 200,000 active duty service members leave the military every year. And sure. that is an untapped disciplined, motivated workforce that is literally, you know, kind of flying stealth mode in the United right. States. Yeah, absolutely. They, they've shown the work ethic for sure, right? Yep. The, so the, the last question I had was, how do you fit in the profession? But I think you just laid all that out already. So um, where can people find you? Um, if you go to uh, tax-titans.com, um, we're there. Um, if you're a member of the NAEA, um, you can find us there. Um, yeah. If you contact anybody at Climb or Drake, um, they have our numbers and stuff as well. Um, one other thing that I wanted to add real quick is <laughs> we're adding bookkeepers to the platform for oh, okay. next season as well. Um, so that if a small business owner was looking for a qualified vetted bookkeeper, or if there was an accounting firm that was like, look, I do bookkeeping as a necessary evil, and I would like to offboard that to somebody else, then sure. we're going to have a platform for them, the same platform for them to do that with uh, bookkeepers as well as tax professionals. Okay. Do you know the, uh, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. I've, he lives probably five miles from me, and we started talking during the pandemic. We've never gotten together, but he has a trade show that's in June or July that's focused on bookkeepers. Um, oh, wow. Nope, I'd love to have that contact. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, Ben Robinson is his name. And I can't not remember the name of his organization, but he he does you know bookkeeping training and really trains bookkeepers on the technology side of the business and how to build a business. So y'all would probably be a very good fit. If Absolutely. I was, if I was uh, tightly networked with him, I could easily make an intro. We know each other probably maybe LinkedIn at best at this point. Okay. We've talked several times, but we've just never been able to, to come to an area that made sense for us to work together. Gotcha. I'll yeah. put my recruiting ben skills to work and I'll find him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, Ben Robinson is, is his name. So great. Well, thank you so much, Blake. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, share what Tax Titans is, uh, is up to. And certainly again, Military Appreciation Month. Appreciate your time, appreciate your service. And, uh, and what you're doing for, for veterans and, and their spouses. That certainly, I think, will be highly, seems like it should be highly impactful for a lot of people. Which I is appreciate great, it, sir. Great work. Thank you. So, all right. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. This episode of the Accounting Insiders podcast is brought to you in part by Zero. Zero is a powerful cloud accounting software that improves efficiencies across your practice. With all client data stored on a single unified ledger, you and your clients can easily access and collaborate on the same set of books. 
Zero's advisor tools and automation solutions reduce time-consuming manual tasks and put data entry on autopilot. Work faster and more efficiently than ever before with Zero. Visit zero.com/accountinginsiders to learn more.